Hello, this is Terry. And this is Coco. And this is Adventures in Organized Chaos. Where we talk about... Local politics. National politics. Some culture. Lots of culture. Some movies. Definitely some movies? Maybe some books. Mmm. We talk about organizing. Absolutely. Let's talk about that movement work. Let's get into it. All right. What's up, Coco? How are you? (laughs) It's been a while. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. Um, Okay. Uh, I guess we will might have a weather report. I'll just have to wait and see if uh, Fina shows up. So there's that. Oh, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. We might have a weather person. Might have a weather a weather report, which is dope. Yes. Yeah, super dope. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> we back. It's not been that long. It's been like a week. It's, we missed two. Oh, that's right. Well, it, it was a holiday. But still, we missed two Wednesdays. Yeah, we did. So we back. I feel like there's a lot that I'm behind on. Me too, but it's okay. Things are happening all the time. That's right. They are <laughs> happening all the time. What's happening today on this show, though? Um. Well, there's some good news. Okay, what's, what's the good news? Holyoke's getting a new middle school. Oh, wasn't it? That was always a big fight. Why was it such a big fight? Like in the beginning, I wasn't there at the beginning, but from my from what I did follow, um, there were always there was always a lot of conversation over how the money would be spent, spent where, spent for what. Mm-hmm. Are we going to combine a, a school? Are we going to make you know build new separate schools? We can't tear anything down. We should refix what's there. You know, there was there's always a lot of um, you know it's a whole city of people and everyone has a different idea of how to get to the goal so Mm. the goal is children's education yeah and how we get there is anyone's guess but everyone's an expert and has a very strong opinion Mm -hmm. about how to get there Mm -hmm. even if they don't have children right even if they don't have children and maybe especially if they don't because Mm. um i for example am childless so why should I be interested in public education? Oh, oh. Well, I'm just saying that as an example. Yeah. I understand that public education is important for many reasons, not the least of which is keeping our kids off the street, educating them, you know, pushing them into careers mm-hmm. and helping them understand where they fit in society. But, you know, there are many childless people or empty nesters mm-hmm. who feel like they shouldn't have to pay for the schooling for somebody else's kids. And especially if they sent their kids to private schools, then they were never worried about your kids to begin with. Shameful. And, you know, especially if those children are children of color, you know, that's also why would I care? Why should I pay for your kids to go to school? I already paid extra for my kids to go to school out of town. Mm. Spicy. Or in town. Mm. 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 Yeah, because that was one of the one of the stories of Holyoke that I got when I first moved here was that there was a system systematic effort to pull children out of the school system and just essentially hope and wish that it fails. Um, In the, you know what I mean? For, especially for the students of color that were here and the population that was growing. So, well, I think there's a couple levels to any of these theories. The, the first level is on the ground, right? Mm. We need our kids to go to school, Mm. the whole city. Right. The second level is in the in the kitchens, in the parents, you know, going out for dinner together and talking, having cookouts and talking about, you know, our city. And in that level, <clears throat> excuse me, at that level, I think people talk about, you know, maybe we should uh, put our kids in this school over here instead because our city school is doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we establish a new charter school or Who's working on what? So that's that like next level. Then there's a whole nother level that's sort of like pulling strings from from places we know not. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That's selling an idea mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. pushing an idea. And I think um, that's what we and our nation should be really look on the lookout for. Yeah, you yeah. know, because I'm definitely one of the people who feels like. 
and again, I don't have kids, so it's easy for me to make an argument for what we should or should not do, right? Mm -hmm. But in the perfect world, and I think it was better when I was growing up, but in a perfect world, all the kids are going to the same schools that have a really great educational like prospect, that have after-school programs, that have after-school sports, that have art in the schools, that have sports in the schools, mm -hmm. that have um, special programs for those with learning differences. Um, you know, everything's incorporated. Right. But in, you know, but if we take money out of the schools that we're incorporating everything to create all these specialized schools that can't afford to do any of the extra stuff, mm -hmm. we have a problem, Houston. Right. 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 Yeah, and I, I just. It's a matter of priorities for me and <clears throat> making sure that the priorities are. I, I, I think it's a big decision, heavy decision, a, a lot of funding. I think that was originally part of the reason why folks had static was that it was going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, that's and, always a static. So, it's going to be expensive. Okay, we know that. Now what? Yeah. And I'm just, just kind of like looking over at all of the issues, right, and why it took us so long to get to this point. Um, we know Holyoke needs new schools, and and I think even on a on a not even on a we need new we need new schools or some new schools for students. But I think there's also this conversation of some of the schools not being as green and energy efficient as they possibly oh, could yeah. be, and so there's a lot which uh, makes those schools more expensive, exactly, and not necessarily filling the needs of the students who are exactly. attending. Again, I only want to talk about the weather, so like <laughs> that's all. I mean, like then that's, and I just think of the environmental impact of some of these schools, and there's a there's a list of reasons why we need a new one, but I'm glad. There's a new one actually taking place. Yeah. That's something to celebrate. Something was um, voted on that would move this school forward finally. When does that, when, when is, when, how often does that happen in city council? council? Unfortunately, not often enough. It mm. was, it passed unanimously. That's so great. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm proud of you guys. Thanks. Big strides. All right. So, uh, and then I guess we could talk about, so we, I guess we discussed schools. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this that. is, we're on the school topic. We did yes. This. We did this. Good job. Good I, job. I, I, only other point that I, <laughs> The, the From only, no notes to, to deep conversation, deep conversation about schools. About schools. I, I think <laughs> the one uh, thing that is standing out to me is um, there's this whole play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Like, I mean, uh, for me, that's just the way that I explain some political camps like motivations and it's really just playing a bunch of stupid games and in the end having to deal with all this all of those stupid like consequences that they have for their actions and one is like looking at what's happening in Ron DeSantis Florida right now <sighs> and the immigration bill that he has like you know gung-ho signed sold everybody on this rhetoric mm -hmm. and basically I think he's even caught on a hot mic or someone is caught on a hot mic saying, oh, that's just politics. Like, don't worry about it. We're not kicking out all the migrants because they know, right, that the migrants are a huge part of the workforce and of the econ of the economics in Florida. Right, right, right. And making any one of these bills. I mean, there was a demonstration happened on the first where folks like shut down stores, didn't go to work, those kind of things. And you excellent. Know, that's that, how you do it. That's how you do it. You know what I mean? And let folks nonviolent. Affect the system and t and kick it in people's pockets. That's it. That's it. But it, I think how it relates to the school situation is again a lot of that similar rhetoric is kind of found in what's happening here in Holyoke. This narrative, these narratives that are kind of being tossed around back and forth, and in the end, you're only making things work worse for yourself and worse right. for the city as a whole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's along the same lines as voting against your own best interest. There you go. You know, when people go to the ballot box and vote based on only what someone told them or just like a, you know, a, a smile and a handshake. You don't know necessarily what's going on and it's unfortunately, it's your job to figure it out, right. you know? Right. So, and I know you don't have time. I know a lot of people don't have time. I don't always have time for everything. But you know, when we when we do choose to use our voice, mm -hmm. it would behoove us to make sure that what we're voting for is what we actually want. Right. And who we're voting in is actually going to do what we want. Right. You know, what kind of people are we voting for? What kind of people are we backing? And what kind of people are we making excuses for oh, wow. after we voted for you know, them? I'm, star I'm starting to get a vibe that you're running for something. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. Why are you lying to these people? 
<laughs> on air, just in here. I'm still running. Signal. I'm running again for ward four counselor. Okay, just wanted. But to be I haven't clear. got my signatures in, so you know, it's still anybody's game. It's always anybody's game. Okay. It's democracy. It is democracy. <laughs> Good job, Coco. <laughs> Good job. All right. So um, when we come back, what are we talking about? We're gonna go on this break real quick. And well, we got Pride Mania. Mm-hmm. We got True Leave packing its bags. We've got uh, pedestrian happiness in other cities, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. necessarily Holyoke, but maybe we could use them as models or at least finally act like we understand how to slow traffic down. And we have great public transportation in other cities too. So. Okay, so that sounds like we're just gonna we're just gonna figure out what happens here. Today. I think I'm just gonna be really angry about what we can do and what we're not doing yet for a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds like this is going to be a fun show. Yeah, I guess. Oh, right, we'll be back. We'll, <laughs> we'll get some lemon water and we'll be back. Hey, Terry. Hi, Coco. <laughs> <laughs> have you been over to the artery? I have once. What do you think about it? I liked it a yeah. lot. What is that? It's a it's a place where you can go buy art. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's some businesses popping up, which is pretty cool. The Artery is um, was actually funded by a grant, I believe, to open it up. So oh, nice. Um, and it's a space to allow local local artists to um, consign their wares. So they and it can be clothing, literally, or any kind of art. Um, there's a lot of crafty stuff in there. Nice, yeah. nice. I like. I- I bought some candles out of there. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely bought some candles out yeah, of there. Yeah, it's a good place to buy and candles. It's a good place for gifts. Yeah, and you know, this gets me into a conversation about collecting art. I think we all should collect art. We should. So and connect, collect your neighbor's art. Yeah, it so, doesn't have to be like million dollar art. It just has to be fun, and right. you have to like it. And if you happen to support someone that you know or have met locally, it's pretty cool too. Um, so I just wanted to let people know that the artery is not open every day. Um, it is on high street. It's open Thursdays through Saturdays, 11 to five. And it, they have local artist stuff and it's great for gifts. Um, they're at 289 high street in Holyoke. Um, and they do have a website. It's www.holyokeart.com. So, um, they usually extend their hours when it gets warmer out, but we're not there yet. So if you need something, go over to the Artery and visit them Thursday through Saturday. Awesome. See you there. We back. Hey. What's up, Coco? Still here. Still here. I'm still smiling. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess I was going to talk about Portland. I feel like it's necessary. Uh, yeah. We took a break and Terry went to Portland. Yeah, I mean, like, I needed a vacation. I needed some time off, and I needed to rest. So I ended up going to Portland, Oregon. And it was a great, great time there, great city. And I think the one thing that, like, I mean, this is also part of the topic, but one of the things that kind of stood out was just how accessible that city was. Mm. Yeah, and there's a lot of buses, a lot of ride-sharing, just a lot of ways, different ways, light rail, a lot of different ways to get around. Totally dependable. Yeah, I mean, like, and they just taxed the car. You know what I mean? Like, I could have rented a car and had it for the week like most people would do. Mm. But, like, it would probably cost you, like, $200, $300 to park that wherever you're yeah. going to go. So they make so it. So they take the money from the car taxes and put it into the public transportation? Sounds sounds about right. That's you know, cool. My, my aunt also has a little, aunt's office has a little bit to do with that with the federal government because they, <laughs> they definitely have to apply for grants to be able to fund that and support that. So some of those are federal government grants mm. that come through and help like make transportation around the city super accessible make transportation accessible again i don't i'm not gonna use that (laughs) i'm not gonna use that term that is that is not from you heard it from coco you do not i do not want to co-opt anything that comes (laughs) out of that that. i don't even want to say trump card no more you know what i mean Uh, i don't want to say can we call it something else like i I don't that was good make transportation accessible again i remember when transportation was everywhere yeah it was you know what i was uh so my cousin has a uh, has a spot downtown Portland and it was just really nice to just sit in the window and just watch the light rail come by like every five to ten minutes mm. and it was like I could leave the house right now and just go somewhere and you wouldn't have to even really plan it because that that train is coming it's, it's coming mm. and it's stopping at all the usual spots so yeah. like 
you know, if I want to get, you're not going to go down there and wait and see what happens. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, it's you're going to go a, down there and it's going to arrive. Do the little, you know, the other thing that was super dope. And I just feel like so. I feel so old because you know everybody got the little tap to pay on your phone now, right? Mm-hmm. The dope thing is you could do that to get on the train. Like I was what what we doing that they just got this little kiosk that you just step up to and just pay and then you just hop on and and it was that easy you know yeah yeah i I mean i just wish (laughs) well closer to home i spent the weekend in philly and they had the same thing it's not even that far and it's a really old city and they're using some of the old train tracks for their light rail you know like it can work. Yeah, yeah. I love Philly too. It's another great city. It's a lot of fun. Lots of bike. Lots of you see a lot of bikers. I mean, I've never been to Portland, and I imagine Portland may be like Philly on steroids as far as like, you know, the the travel around the city and public transportation and ride sharing. But I think Philly's doing pretty good. Yeah, Philly. Philly's probably holding it down. I would say after being there, the one thing that also stood out about Portland was that there's tons of bike shops. So you don't just have to do the valley bike. You could go to a bike shop, an actual shop, and rent a bike from them for like 20 bucks for the for the day or whatever. Oh, that's really cool. So you get something that's a little bit more fly, a little bit more sporty, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and You it, don't need to rent a car. You can just rent your bicycle. You can just rent a bike, you know yeah. what I mean? And like go everywhere you want on the bike. And it's you, also really good for you. It's excellent for you. It's really great for you. Mm-hmm. I, I would also say it's walkability. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. So it's not just about access to the transportation but it's also like the amount of walkability that was in that city and philly's the same way like i walked the whole entire city of philly because you can do that you know what i mean and it's not going to hurt to do Mm. that but like the walkability in portland was i would say the city's bigger so there's a lot more walking to do but if you walk a couple blocks west you're going to run into a whole other like section of town it's their zoning and the way that like so there might be three four streets that are zoned for just strictly residential right and then the next street will be zoned for mixed use yeah so then you so got that's a whole strip, strip. Yeah. right <laughs> and each one of these neighborhoods has at least like three or four of those nice you know what i mean like so and they're and it's not just like restaurants there's breweries in there there's like craft shops there's all right. kinds of like Eat, and it was like I, I was blown so away. It, and it's not mixed use. It's but it feels like it because the neighborhoods run into the different mixed use areas. Right. The whole neighborhood isn't necessarily mixed use, but uh, some of it is like not. It, it's definitely not just single family. That's the mm-hmm. other thing. It's like there's single family homes here, but there's also there's the spot that I was staying in had like 15 different apartments inside one building that was probably on less than 10,000 square feet of a lot, you know what I mean? And so they're really trying to pack people into one one building as much as possible or in the neighborhoods as much as possible. Now, I will say gentrification is real <laughs> and it's very real out there because mm-hmm. I think the other thing that stood out was Black Portland. Like for me, I talked to all of the homies. The homies were like, yeah, there are black people out there? Yes. <laughs> there are black folks that are in Portland out all through the Pacific Northwest. And it was I think that that was also pretty black gentrifiers. You know, it was the the Airbnb. Uh, I hate I hate I'm just on a record. I hate staying at Airbnbs, but I love them because I know that they're agents for gentrification. But I also know that they're cheaper than a hotel. And it just you rather want to be in somewhere that feels like home rather than a hotel. That's just me. But the Airbnb I stayed at was black owned and it was black owned in a like heavily gentrified community. Mm. Right. The dude who owned it lived two blocks around the corner. So for me, it was like this statement from this guy to say, we I see what's happening and I'm going to try to get in as best as I can. Right. I'm going to get in. You're not going to put me out. He had eight apartments in that building. Good for him. <laughs> and I was just like. Yo, <laughs> you can get my money. Like you can take all. You get here. Like and he said, hit me up next time you come back if you want to stay like, longer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sure will. Yep. Got you. No, that's you know nice. I mean? That's yeah. really nice. So I don't know. Like it was. That was a whole. When I go to places, if I don't have any itinerary, that's what I do. I like to go. I hung out with striking Starbucks workers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I saw some stuff. Of course before. you did. <laughs> I want to just go hang out. I want to hold a sign. You know what I mean? Like, this is where that action is. This is where I want to be. So, um, yeah. And it was nice to just, like, they were kind enough to answer all of my questions. There's a huge 
like a very evident homeless crisis happening in the city as well. And I think that's also a very interesting. We were talking, you mentioned pedestrian Portland or pedestrian mm. cities. So here's an interesting story. The city of Portland decided to hand out tents to homeless folks or folks that were in need of housing. Mm-hmm. Instead of providing you with a shelter, if you wanted to be on the streets, they, they were giving out tents. Mm-hmm. And the people are camping on the sidewalks. Oh, wow. So the ADA, you know, American Disability Association, sues the city. <laughs> For, for allowing people to put tents on the sidewalks because obviously the sidewalks are needed for people who need to move around on the sidewalks. And it was like, what? <laughs> so it's also a very, prog- you could see this very progressive, very forward-thinking city, but then also a very short-sighted, Yeah, you know what I mean? Just doing stupid stuff doing, by accident. Ain't even like, paying attention. Well-meaning, but not a good idea. Not a good idea. Yeah. And I think part of the reason is, is like as I was talking to folks, what you realize is there's, there's housing, there's mm-hmm. programs for folks that are experiencing houselessness, right? But the issue is they want you, all of those come with strings attached. Mm. You got to go through this program or you got to take this course or do this or jump through that hoop. And really the problem is, is folks don't have a house. So solve right. that so problem. So if you can't get them somewhere where they can live and, and be able to focus on something other than survival, you can't get them through a program. So I, I my thought was, well, why don't you just provide the house and then make and sure. And then make them go through a program. Well, you know, just <laughs> it, but by choice, right? Yeah. By option. Like you're going through this program is not contingent like or any associated with you having this house. This program is kind of a if you decide and you choose right to to do this that's your choice but we want you off the streets and we want you safe that's Mm -hmm. our first priority right and if you still got to figure out what your addiction is or trauma whatever there's tons of resources here in the city that are going to help you out but we're not going to force you to do any of it Mm -hmm. and i think that that's where the issue is is that there are places for folks to be but we all always want to force somebody to go through x well become a better productive citizen become more respectable you know what i mean I can't pull up my boots. I have no straps. Sorry. It's not going to work for me. <laughs> All I want is just a place to stay. And then when I'm ready to make better decisions for myself, I need the the help and the support. To well, be able some to would argue them. that that's what shelters are for. But you'll realize very quickly, if you've ever gone through the shelter system, I have, like they, again, are the same spots where they're demanding you to do X, Y, and Z to hold yourself like in a certain manner, even work at the shelter in order to continue to have access to that shelter. Mm. And sometimes that's not what folks want to do. You know what I mean? There's even some shelters that force you to go through religious services in order to have access to their space. Right. Mm. That sounds real messed up to me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like to to ask somebody to like adopt a whole other religion, you know what I mean? And a whole other belief system in order to have access to because at the end of the day, what we got to what we got to really, truly believe and act upon is that housing is a human right. It's not a privilege. Right. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, this isn't a reward. You know what I mean? (laughs) Housing is a human right, full stop. And so if, if housing is what you need, then housing is what you should get. None of all the extra stuff. Right. And I think that that's where the issue, the other problem is we, we want to make a profit off of our housing. So folks are like, well, how do I make sort of any sort of ends meet if I'm running low threshold housing for folks that are experiencing chronic houselessness, you know? And so that's that's the struggle. I think that that and a a challenge that folks have to kind of meet and do. Yeah. What are you looking up now? What are you Googling? (laughs) Um, Something else that we um, had touched on, but I don't know. I think the housing. So. Housing is the most important. I agree 100 percent because without like living somewhere, you can't worry about anything else you know if you don't live somewhere how can you focus on being in school being at work on time um how can you focus on anything personal you know hygiene um interests values voting Mm -hmm. uh getting your whatever paperwork in order that you need to do whatever you need to do and you know quote unquote functioning society right um So it makes me think of like, you know, there's all these funds coming into the city and and we've been the council's finance committee and and, um, development and government relations have looked at how funds are being allocated, 
you know, by which recommendations from which city entities. And, um, you know, as they move money around, I had a I had a moment, yes, you know, yesterday in a city council meeting where I said, well, I, I don't agree with taking any money out of Holyoke Housing Authority to put anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, even if they did get the most money on this list, even if like you need to live somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I and we're, there's not enough housing to begin with. So, you know, my argument was just that, look, I just I just don't feel like there's anything much more important than that to start, mm-hmm. you know, and there was a counter about other city services. Um, and I just still feel like, well, great, those other other city services are very useful, but what do I care about studying and getting tutors and using, you know, getting anything else in any from any other city entities if I don't live anywhere? Mm-hmm. I ain't worried about school right. if I don't live anywhere. Right. So I mean, because that priority is making sure that there's some sort of roof over your head. Yeah. Right. Figuring that out. Like survival mode doesn't allow me to think about much of anything else. Right. Everything else goes to the wayside. Right. So um, the argument for funding public housing is we need it. Right. People need to live places. Right. Yeah. And we're in a housing crisis right now. Yeah. Whether folks want to see it, and I think we, we were hearing that Brockton had a 130% increase in homelessness in just the last year alone. And those folks that are houseless, that are experiencing homelessness, right, they're being move to other cities throughout the state of Massachusetts, right? And so, I I don't know. That just sounds like a really crazy, like, you know how people bristle when you say something like defund the police and take money away from the police? Right. That's how I feel when you say take money away from housing, right? Because there already isn't very much, or public education even, there already isn't very much or that's allocated to these systems anyway, Mm. you know what I mean? And like, yeah, how? How does that make any house way? How does that make any sense <laughs> at all? make any right. house sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. I think we're over time. Let's take a break real quick and we'll uh, we'll ask Sway exactly how. Be right back. Okay. Hey, Terry. What's up, Coco? What you know about Made in Holyoke? Um, I've seen the hoodies. What's up? Made in Holyoke is pretty cool. Um. It's not new, although it seems like all of a sudden you see the hoodies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just launched their website. So now everybody can get a hoodie. You used to have to know somebody. Right. You had to know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. Right. And then you might get a hoodie mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. that somebody told somebody that you was getting a hoodie. Wow. Yeah. These was exclusive. This was the exclusive. I mean, they were for the masses because like unless you were in the mix, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you were a personal friend of the Made in Holyoke movement, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you probably didn't get a hoodie. But um, Made in Holyoke launched its website. It's at madeinholyoke.com. And um, it's a vision that was procured by the late Justin Chavez. He was a local activist and rapper who passed away recently and um he's done a lot of like work in the city and proceeds from sales of the hoodies not full proceeds but like a percentage of the proceeds goes to various organizations and keeping his memory alive because he did so much for the city that's what's up yeah it's pretty cool i really like it i have to go support that legacy absolutely (laughs) what month is it uh is it is it june I don't know what it is. It's June. <laughs> it's June. It's the month of pride, man. Oh, it's pride month. <laughs> it's pride mania right now. It's pride mania. That's what you said. Yeah, it's pride mania. <laughs> it's pride everywhere. You know, some I. it's easy to forget that um, many cities have pride. Mm-hmm. You know, there's pride here, pride there, pride everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was in Philly last weekend. Happened to be pride weekend in Philly. And I was just like, well, this is pretty awesome. I mean, so you get in like a double dose of pride. Getting all the pride. Getting all all the pride. And being down at fame, there's a bunch of... Getting even more pride. So much pride. We had drag karaoke on Thursday before going to Pride Philly. I mean, you're just not enough. How can you not smile all the time? (laughs) (laughs) And and feel the pride. Yeah. Feel the pride. Yeah. Oh, man. And I, you know, there's a... It's, it's, this seems like a special, special season for Pride. 
right? Mm. Because of all of the anti-LGBTQ+. Oh, plus. So like, Pride is now a protest as pride, well. Pride is definitely a protest, yeah. right? And yeah, put that flag outside your house. That's what's up. Welcome to Pride Mania, folks. Pride Mania is here, and That's, it will continue. When is Pride in Holyoke again? Do you remember that? Is um, it in the your 17th. Notes? The 17th. Saturday the 17th. At Veterans Park, right? Yeah. Right. Is that is Saturday the 17th? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then sa- it's that day. <laughs> then it's that day. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, I, got a, um, I got a weather report. What? From FINA. Can I read weather that Weather from FINA, not with FINA? No, because FINA she is- She can't call in? She can't call in. So I like that she provided notes. She's out in the streets right now, door knocking, canvassing. So nice. shouts out, shouts Good out to her. Katie and Fina in the streets. So here's the here's the weather report. The haziness hanging in the air isn't long lasting fog, or a couple cloudy days. It's smoke from the Canada wildflower fires blowing down into the U.S. One of the worst beginnings uh, to Canada's wildfire seasons to date. So last year, or was it 2016, there was a really bad wildfire season. But each year it just kind of gets worse and worse. So this is definitely the new worst, right? And so it's only going to just continue to get worse from here. Um, It's the reason why we have the air quality alert uh, for today all the way through Thursday. Mm. Um, The smoke from the extreme wildfires can alter weather. On an otherwise sunny and clear day, smoke can block out the sun and temporary cool, temporarily cool the temperature and affect rainfall. Uh, here's a, here's the thing that I really wanted to get into talking about microclimates. I'm still impressed that she's actually putting together a weather report. Yo, I uh, love it. This this is her job. I love it. <laughs> this is her job. Okay. <laughs> Lastly, the bowl shape of the Connecticut River Valley, mm-hmm. which Holyoke is in, causes the smoke to settle which means the fires in Canada affect us all the way here, and it'll just kind of be here and lingering. Rising temperatures and extremely dry hot weather, like last week's two 90-degree days, are becoming more common and an increase to fire risks. And that's wow. the weather report. Thank you, Fina. Yeah. Remote Fina. Remote Fina. We like it. Thank yeah. you for that marvelous explanation of what's going on. In the, in the weather. So we're, we're in a bowl. We're in a bowl. It's so, staying. Uh, Should we get real... some really big fans to push it out? Uh, that sounds like a very <laughs> Donald Trump solution to the problem. You remember that dude was saying that we should sweep and vacuum the the forest? Did you hear him say that? Yeah, like, we gotta sweep it and vacuum it. Yeah, because it's dirty. After we after we drink bleach, right? <laughs> and like inject sunshine into our veins. In order to kill all the viruses. Yes, yes, you should be. Taken I cannot believe very I just, seriously. Why are you bringing? Why did I repeat yet? this? You're bringing him in. We were talking about Pride I'm Mania. Sorry. We were talking about Pride Mania, but this month, this month, there's a lot going on. So this month yeah. is not only Pride Month, but I think it's also being aware of wildfire season in Canada getting yeah, started. Apparently, which is awfully close to Massachusetts. It's very close. Very close. Close enough to smell it. Right. You and not. I mean, people will hit me up and be like, what's going on? Is there something off? Dude, there's some serious fires in Canada. They're like, no way. That's impossible. No, it's happening. No, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And I think the other thing that, oh, this is a full-on weather report now. It's hot and spicy. We talking about it. We talking about it. Uh, like, I think the other thing that's really interesting to me is to think about pollution drift, right? And mm. how pollution moves across the face of the earth. and. Yeah pollution that's created in like asia ends up in like hawaii <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so like all the trash that washes up in the, on the pristine shores of of islands that have spent their entire existence like honoring and you know praying about mother nature and being respectful of the planet mm-hmm. well now their fish have plastic in their guts too mm-hmm. and because co- it's coming and coke bottles and coke bottles coke bottles on the beach actually walking over here i was watching you know how birds pick up just about anything to build a nest mm-hmm. i was watching a little bird like rattle around a piece of plastic like hmm i could weave this in somewhere yeah. you know like it's a wrap creative reuse from the birds it's Look a wrap <laughs> i mean it's like it's easy to joke about it but it's really it's not funny it's, it's not. over it's not I don't, I don't, I don't know, Coco. If I would necessarily say that it's over, I don't feel like it's over. The pristineness is gone. I, <sighs> there, the beaches aren't clean. 
I don't know because I feel like with a better effort to main to clean it and to maintain it, I think it could be better. But that right? has to be worldwide. But again, I'm naive. Y'all shouldn't talk to me. Like <laughs> <laughs> we like, need a worldwide effort. We have we have cities in like we have cities that exist all over the world mm-hmm. where the the people of the cities are actually being overrun by trash. Mm-hmm. Like there's trash pile up because there's nowhere to put the trash. And I'm not talking about little Holyoke's in the world. No. I'm talking about like like cities in in Thailand mm-hmm. that are like heavily populated and there's like trash line streets, yeah. you know? And yeah. I mean, this is happening globally. Yeah, because we haven't figured out what to do with the trash that we well, create. And God forbid we stop using a straw. Like, my whole life will fall apart if I can't have a straw anymore. You know, I don't understand why. <laughs> like, uh, maybe I do understand why. I'm, and this I have is also to have con- plastic bla- bags and I have to have plastic straws and I must use styrofoam cups. That's what and, I need. And you need natural gas because that's what the world Yeah, that's what we need. need I mean, but obviously. I, I just feel like there has, I mean, uh, about the straws. Sometimes when I do go to certain local spots, I'm just like, this is a perfect place to sell me like a dollar metal straw, you know what I mean? And be done with it. You know what I mean? Like every time I'll pay a dollar extra with my drink to get a metal straw from you. So, and if you need, I'm not going to say that, but like, (laughs) I'm just going to throw that idea out in the ether. Right. You know what I mean? But like, I just also think there's a need to like incentivize some of these movements too. Right. Like, I think we've grown. Certainly us as consumers have grown used to, like, getting a plastic bag when we go grocery shopping or whatever. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have a whole bunch of handmade bags. Like, and I can teach you how to make bags out of T-shirts. It's really easy and they're really dope. And they're very, like, anyways, I got tons of T-shirts. But anyway, um, (laughs) but, like, yeah, like, using and reusing and reclaiming material in order to make a bag. Like, that's definitely possible. But I don't think that a lot of people are, like... Maybe we just got to do some workshops, Coco. Yeah, it's really it's really hard for me to um, wrap my mind around how to fix, you know, generations of broken. You just take one bite of the elephant at a time. And also, I think the biggest thing that we all have to realize is that the change that we are working on and that we're building for we're not going to see it. Yeah. And that's fine by me. Like, I'm cool with not seeing what the future is because, like, I also know that, like, it's going to be hard. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? And that's the yeah. and that's the other part. Before it actually gets better, it's going to have to continue to do this, unfortunately. So, like, yeah. It's just, it's hard to not feel a little irritated about the lack of effort put in up to this point by our nation but by many nations you but know like, i will also say something you should know about me coco is i don't get mad about what other people do you know <laughs> what i mean i'm not worried about what other people do and i can be frustrated about it for sure but i think at the end of the day like i can only work in my circle and in my square and i think there's other nations right that are actively like working against us that's the other part of it like actively like don't care i think of australia and their coal industry right they are never gonna let go of the coal industry in australia that's Mm. just like you go over there they're just about about it but the the crazy thing is like even though on the surface you'll you could go to australia and run into a lot of folks who are so still sold on like in a group they're sold on coal Mm -hmm. but you start breaking them up individually and you'll find that all of them are like yo this is bad (laughs) you know what i mean a lot of them are like this is so that's why that's like the helplessness too that people feel i mean if we look at if we look at growing up here versus growing up in like you know europe or i always use the germany example because it's where i have the most experience but you know at six they were my family was recycling the mm-hmm. bottle the glass bottles are separated by color mm-hmm. you have to drop things off the brown bottles go in here the green bottles going here the clear bottles going there you know like like they take it very seriously and it's been taken seriously my whole life mm-hmm. so so it's hard it's still hard for me to wrap my mind around why it's so difficult for us to to just do it it's been happening full time in other places and now those places 
are suffering are suffering the consequences mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of all the other places that refuse. And yeah. that includes us, that includes, you know, many um, Asian countries, that includes places like Russia, that includes, you know, so many countries around the world that are that have just been like nobody they just don't give a shit. Yeah. You yeah. know? And then meanwhile there's like these little pods that are like, we're gonna be responsible and resourceful and we're gonna reuse and, you know, we're gonna have our like organic gardens at our houses and we're gonna you know we're gonna do all the things and we're gonna do what we think is best for the future of the world and now they're they can do it but it's almost in vain until everybody else decides right. to do it too right and I, I it's it goes back into that earlier conversation that we were having about people like just acting and voting and doing outside yeah. their own interests but I, I think the point that I wanted to make there was that sometimes people don't realize that they're actually like against their own interest or at least have some sort of suspicion. I think sometimes that this might not be good for them in the future, but still can't necessarily like make that connection. Right? Well, if I go to get groceries, which I need, and they always put them in plastic bags, then there must there can't be anything wrong there can't with the be plastic anything bags. Because we've had a plastic or had the rest of the bags. packaging I get at the grocery store right. that I don't need. We've had plastic <laughs> bags, and we've had all of this like wasteful material for two hundred and fifty years, and we say. get it for free. And we get it for free. So why should I like? Why right. is this a problem? I don't want to go to your bamboo packaging and or your like paper straws or whatever the case may. I don't want to do that. And I'm not going to do that. You right. know what I mean? Well, I'm not you, and you don't have to, to because you get it everywhere for free anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And that I think that that's, again, like partly where. Right. Just bang your head against. <laughs> right. And I think that's I think that's where I think that's where it comes from. And the uh, again, kind of going back to the wildfires in Canada. My hope is, is that there are somebody, maybe one or two people that a light bulb flicks. Right. And it just says well, wow, like I'm not living in this isolated bubble. Like even the things that are happening clear across the globe can come and affect me in this way. You know what I mean? So maybe a little bit of a little bit of a light, like a little Christmas light is starting to shine a little bit to try to get you thinking. Dude, about. we have the attention spans of gnats. I mean, that's only, I also think that's a then we choose to do that sometimes. Yeah, it's but. a choice, <laughs> but it's it's reality, unfortunately. Yeah, we do. And I, I also understand we this is survival mode for a lot of us yeah you know what i mean and this is this is about our survival far into the future so like maybe prioritize this just a little bit and i understand i'm not i'm not i get it we all busy we got things we got to do but you know i i i personally feel like if you don't start paying attention now to the weather (laughs) you know what i mean that it's gonna only get worse it's not gonna get better on its own right it's definitely not gonna get better on its own and to your point about the habit of recycling i remember recycling when i was growing up i always grew up recycling you know what i mean and and now i'm an avid recycler yeah and there's definitely places in the u.s that are like super recycly right you know i can't i can't be dismissive of that but our businesses don't recycle like that you know what i mean like our restaurants they're not they're not it's back to the laws right they don't have to do it and everyone makes the argument that it's their their right to just ruin things yeah it's my right to poison this planet yeah that's what i want to do i'm going to poison this planet so you don't live on it no more so i I had i had someone say recently oh if you want to kill those weeds just pour oil on it car use car oil I'm like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> like, that's not the thing that you're supposed like, to do. That sounds like somebody, grandma, grandma's grandma was yeah, out there doing. Yeah, it was. But, like, then, like, <laughs> but you're like, hey, no, that's not okay. Like, that's part of the problem. And that's a know? whole other level. Like, so initially, I think in mine, I had, like, conservative folks who might bristle, who might feel like recycling will make them gay. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? But, like, now thinking about, like, the traditional practices recycling that we may have Recycling does had, make you gay, by the way. It probably does. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor. But only during Pride Month. I'm not a doctor. Only during Pride Month. So don't take it from me. I'm not a doctor. Um, But like, then you got the folks who might feel like that recycling, this all going to go in the garbage anyway. It's all headed. It all ends up into the in the ground. You know what I mean? So who cares? And there's a lot of folks that feel that way and that like will make that argument and yeah to to the many reasons as to why they're not actually doing it. And then again, because it's not made easy enough to do the right thing. Or you again, can take all your 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 poisonous liquids and stuff, but you can only take them to the city between like, you know, eight and and nine fifteen a.m. Yep. on 
the second and the third strawberry Monday moon. of the strawberry year. Moon. It's during the strawberry moon. I mean, moon. it's not that right. bad, but, you know, it is. It's like restricted times. There's mm-hmm. only these times. And they're always when people are working. Right. So, of course, people aren't like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to take tomorrow off so I can take this motor oil to the dump, right. you know, right. or like so I can take these empty paint cans. No. What do they do? They put them in the trash can with the batteries that, uh, that also probably should not go in there. Yep. You know, people yep. just... Throw it away because they can, and because yep. it's easier, and because they're busy, and because it's that's what they were taught to do with it in the first place. That yeah, you know what I mean. People yeah. were taught to do that in the first place. Oh, you just dump it down a drain. Oh, you just put oh, it right here I in the garbage. About oh, you just that do stuff. that. Yeah, you know what Ugh. I mean. And people just like you don't realize that that's not what you're supposed to do with it. And and again, like I I think that these are things that also need to be repeated. Right and reiterated yeah. and these possibly might be things- taught in like home ec in schools, except yeah. for our schools don't probably even have home ec anymore the other day i was thinking about home ec and i was like (laughs) i was like how come they didn't teach us to dry peppers and then make salsas and and stuff out of like they just taught us we were lucky to have home ec at all first of all we made what we made pancakes and some cupcakes or something i don't know why we made like some kind of strudely thing yeah like like, some woven like baked good i don't want to do that Uh, teach me how to teach me how to like grow something harvest it dry it and prepare it like you know what i mean like sustainability that's what i'm talking about you you try to make me a housewife that's what you really yeah and this is not even healthy food and i'm a dude i'm not gonna be a housewife (laughs) (laughs) just maybe but like (laughs) (laughs) only during pride month all right we'll figure out if i'm gonna be a housewife we'll be right back (laughs) hey terry guess what what i put out some really wrong information about the summer farmer's market oh a good old-fashioned adventures and organized chaos (laughs) redaction (laughs) well basically i think Basically, the um, location change for the summer. And um, so they're going to be having the Holyoke Farmer's Market instead of at the Veterans um, Park. They're going to have it at uh, Holyoke Heritage State Park, which is located at 221 Apple Street. Awesome. And they're not having it every other Saturday. They are having it every Saturday. Every Saturday? Yes. Which is pretty great. That's awesome. And they block off a part of the street there. And it's really, really nice. Um, It's like a lot of fun. I went. Uh, this last one or the first one mm-hmm. and there were some great vendors and um, lots of Holyoke peeps and yeah. there was some live music and it's really a great cause to support it mm-hmm. makes uh, fresh food super accessible um, got some bomb tomatoes that mm-hmm. tasted like tomatoes which in this day and age is something special yeah, for sure yeah so. yeah and there and you can also pick up your healthy passport your healthy living passport there at the uh, farmer's market, right? Yep. You can pick up your healthy living passport. You can get it stamped. Mm-hmm. Um, you, They take SNAP benefits. And um, last week when we were going, when we went, um, the, the con- conservation um, office was taking surveys of like climate situation in Holyoke for residents and how they feel about it. And nice. they gave you a $20... Um, coupon to use at the farmer's market when you took the survey so just win-win just win-win all the way around all right well i guess i'll see you at the farmer's market (laughs) yeah don't forget to stop by it's 10 30 to 3 every saturday throughout the summer awesome see you then all right bye hey terry what's up coco um you know about the true leave uh escape from holyoke i heard a little something about them escaping holy what's going on there I think they're, well, they're shutting down their Holyoke operation. Wait a minute. Who, for the people who don't know, who's True Leave? True Leave is a cannabis chain. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they're out of California okay. and they grow and sell weight um, to other dispensaries. Okay. And um, word on the street is that they're pulling out of all their Massachusetts operations um, and setting up shop in Florida. And uh, I think that's really interesting because they also happen to have a very big backer financially who is a Russian oligarch. Interesting. Yeah. And as that information came out, I guess more people know than not and weren't really uh, using their services in Massachusetts because mm. Massachusetts is pretty liberal after all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we're we're good at shutting down some big box stuff if we want to. Right. And so the impression I get is that basically the other, you know, the people they were supplying to, the companies they were supplying to in Mass weren't 
we're not buying anymore. And so Trulieve is going out of business. Mm. In Massachusetts, though, they're not disappearing as a company. So going to Florida, though. They're going to Florida. Okay. And I think it's I think it's important for to highlight these things because they're not actually going out of business. Massachusetts mm-hmm. did not put Trulieve out of business. Right. Massachusetts put Trulieve out of Massachusetts. Right. And this is and this <laughs> wasn't because of the death that happened inside the facility. No, although that should have been enough for us to kick them out of Massachusetts. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Although that could have had something to do with also why people started to pay more attention to who they are, where they're from, mm-hmm. who they're backed by, um, what their, you know, what their policies are about their workers, how they treat their workers, et cetera. Yeah, I think that there was here in Massachusetts, there was a community centered uh, commission that was trying to be formed or something like that to help, like, just keep some oversight for a lot of the dispensaries and the cannabis industry that's here in Massachusetts or in in Holyoke, rather. Mm. So I don't know. And that, that was something that I heard after the death of the young woman at the facility. So, well, there is the CCC. So if it may, are you talking to something in addition to that? Yeah, it was more in addition to that because I feel like there were other, I feel like those, it's never enough, right? And especially because yeah. like for those statewide entities, and I think we've had a conversation on the podcast about that before, how the statewide entities just need more of a local right. municipal presence just to kind of maintain yeah, or even a regional. Yeah, you know? yeah, just to kind of maintain. But I think having something community-centered, so that community members were a part of that and then also because of this reason so that we don't have the speculation and the rumor mill and all of that kind of stuff we could actually put we would actually know right we would actually know (laughs) those things yeah yeah that's interesting that's interesting that they're packing up and leaving um you know not to bring it back to portland but that was the thing about portland there's you know you can get an eighth for eight eight dollars there you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. the weed the weed market is pretty saturated um, well, and a place like Truly was able to, um, you know, manipulate the pricing structure f- for others because they are so big. Because they're so big, yeah. right? And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like now that you have this large player out of the game, mm-hmm. um, and will that kind of make some space for other folks to step up, or um, will we end up getting in a saturated market? I, that kind of I still see it that way, though. Northampton did protect themselves in limiting the number of dispensaries that can be inside the city of Northampton. I think that's a smart move because mm. um, you definitely don't want to like the rumor is, is that all of these little towns are going to become little Amsterdam, but you still can't smoke or consume yeah, cannabis public, yeah. anywhere and everywhere. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like think of it. We're all yeah, just like, going to go crazy. It, there's no place that I know of where you can smoke um, recreationally on premise even. Nope. Nope. Um, and I think they're the ones that were around they've all pretty much closed after the pandemic because they mm. just you know what i mean once the, at the start of the pandemic what about if there was a private membership yeah those are those are probably the better ways to do it and i know that there's also like private cooking events as well there's mm. plenty of chefs throughout the western mass area that i may or may not know who are doing like dinners mm. um for folks so i think the private and more like membership based yeah. spaces are probably where more where it's at anyway i, I mean personally i wouldn't want to i would want one of those rather than the public spaces you know what i mean i'd be cool with a coffee shop where i can get me a cafe con leche and do my thing but like you know <laughs> if i don't have that that's okay <laughs> yeah yeah well i guess you know t- only time will tell what happens here i know that other states are opening up other um recreational uses of of different psychotropic um things yeah you know natural psychotropic yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how how these things play out over time and and you know how the scene sort of changes and either adapts or dies yeah the, the mushrooms are really interesting to me i don't know if you know this about me but i wanted to do the training for psilocybin assisted therapy Hmm. and that's part of the reason why a lot of places are like legalizing it mostly to make space for the therapies to Hmm. exist there is a cannabis related therapy assisted therapy as well but the psilocybin one is more for me more interesting kind of just guiding people through Hmm. a trip essentially and then 
like adding that element of therapy it's, it's less about recreation and partying and like getting bugged out and going for a walk in the woods sounds like fun but it's more about like sitting with someone and kind of working through the stuff that comes up as you're like on this journey so i think well, didn't they have um in atlanta they had those shops that had the psilocybin like oils and yeah but there's still was that like, like a similar idea or i didn't really understand that some of those some of those i guess in when you come into substances like there are still some things out there that are just unregulated mm. and that are are in different schedules and classes and i think what we saw in atlanta was um the Amanita mascara mushroom, the one that like supposedly reindeers eat and trip out on. Um, and there was like a, there was like some of those, I don't know if that was synthetic or if that was the real deal. And some of those were being sold, but for the more like psilocybin, like mushrooms, like we're talking, I don't want to shoot names off. Yeah. You know what I mean here? But yeah, for those, for those mushrooms, um, that's a different, those are a different strain of, of, of fungus and i think again those are being used for the therapies and for but again i i i don't know i'm not a doctor <laughs> you know what i mean and i but i do know that like part of the mission or part of the motivation for even just legalizing it is not necessarily for regulation or not necessarily for regulation or recreation, but for <laughs> regulation. therapy. Regulation. I, I like know, that can't word. Talk. That's, That's a good one. Good one. Yeah. It's like a reg regulation and regulating recreation. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's, I think regulation is also a part of it to make sure that folks are getting what they're buying, what they're purchasing and making sure there's some sort of consumer protections behind it. And honestly, this kind of goes back into our conversation about housing, um, homeless folks and substance use and all of the. I think that that's also the reason why we need safe consumption sites or at the very least testing places for right. folks that have substances. Because there's a lot of things that are on the streets right now that people are buying and they're they're being told one thing, but it's something else entirely. Yeah. Um, and so like being able to like know what it is that you're consuming is like it's the difference between life and death for a lot of folks well, and that gets back into the argument of legalizing everything mm -hmm. so that things can be um regulated and then the testing and such comes as an automatic part of that right. so it's not like you're saying you know i think it should be okay to purchase x y or z but more importantly you're saying i think it should be it should be available to purchase safely mm -hmm. so that people can function, yeah. you know, even with their addictions. I mean, I've definitely seen programs where people check in in the morning for their dose of whatever, work all day, stop in in the evening, mm -hmm. go home to their family. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like a almost like they're they're just maintaining, but they're also being um, productive members of society and knowing where whatever your vice is coming from and you're getting it regulated to you in smaller doses or whatever to help you function. I mean, there can't be something, anything bad about that because these are people who like pay mortgages and right. feed their families. Right. So, you know, you have the one side where people are ending up, you know, houseless, needing services, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have another side where if services are provided, perhaps people would be able to maintain. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. we don't have to worry about the rest of it. You right. know, it's like pick your battles here. Yeah. I, and I, uh, I want to shout out Dr. Carl Hart, his book, Drug Use for Grownups, um, was a really great book. He was uh, he is um, a, a research scientist and he his claim to fame is using heroin the whole entire time for like a great portion of his career and not mm. like in the uh, in the throes of an addiction overly sedated as you would see or have known folks who are on heroin but somebody who just this was his decompression at the end of the night this was his this was his jam he used heroin and also like his whole entire study was on substance use so mm -hmm. like he was not only 
And most of those research scientists who are studying substances actually are trying a lot of them themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was one, he's one of those like examples of like being able to have a healthy relationship with some of these substances that we, I mean, we, we do that with alcohol and we can do that with tobacco. We can do that with coffee and sugar, you know what I mean? And having mm-hmm. these very like healthy and maintained relationships with these substances that aren't controlling our lives. I think it also kind of gets down to what another you know, writer Michael Pollan talks about, and that is the war on plants, right? And a lot of times that's what we're facing when we talk about the war on drugs. We're actually just talking about war on freaking plants, you know what I mean? Like whether that's cannabis or even cocaine, you know what I mean? Or even heroin. Those are all plant derived from plants. And like, we just need to figure out how to better regulate and grow and protect people who consume these like substances. But actually chasing them and banning them and playing the cops and robbers game it, it's it's obviously not working you know what i mean and and even even if it it i thought originally that all these things were done in an effort to control a market mm-hmm. but if we're not it and it sort of is but we're controlling it in a way that uh, that we would rather prescribe something for that ailment than allow this natural um existing totally. plant-based cure that you know, obviously also gets abused. Mm-hmm. Um, but so do the manufactured, um, you know, sides of this. I or- watched I watched Dope Sick, the series on Hulu. I think I seriously watched that three times in a row. Like mm-hmm. it was over. I went to bed, woke up, went through my whole day. The next day at night, I ended up watching Dope Sick again because it was such a great series. But the thing that stood out to me so much was the depictions of Purdue Pharma and the executives Mm. and how they were so pushy about creating Oxycontins and Oxycodone and how they just like sold that in the streets, like legally was going through. Yo, can you, I could not, uh, I still can't wrap my head around these pharmaceutical companies were going into doctor's offices where people have been studying medicine for 50 60 70 80 years and going in and saying i'm gonna teach you about pain and i'm gonna teach you about using narcotics and prescribing narcotics after like teaching somebody who has all this experience and expertise about these things Mm -hmm. and then persuading them getting them to prescribe and people were making big bucks and people were making so much money hand over fist selling those pills to people i mean i'm pretty sure we have listeners and i myself have a history can remember distinctly a time when those pills showed up on the scene whether you were cons- i fortunately they enough was everywhere. not they were everywhere yeah you couldn't miss that if time you broke your leg you had like a, a two-month supply of oxy i remember <laughs> like like it's a wonder that more people aren't 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 um, addicted addicted. and have like we've lost a lot of people because of the opioid crisis and i remember when i had i got injured at work um and they had prescribed me some opioids like i had this huge gash in my leg or whatever i was not gonna take those yeah (laughs) going back full circle i was like give me the weed (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not i'm not taking your opioids because i've i've seen after especially after that period yeah i saw what it did to people i don't want it i'm good (laughs) i've it's 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 clear now and, and maybe was before and not shared, but, you know, three days of anything will get you addicted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've definitely had friends who end up in the hospital and they're like, yeah, I got I should be fine. I just need to take these, you know, pain meds. And I'm like, what kind of pain meds did they give you? You know, like asking for a friend like, dude, don't take that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like don't take that for more than a day or two. Like. You're going to want to. Right. You're going to want to take it. And your body's going to, You're not only are you going to like mentally, because that was the thing about opioids is how it rewires your brain and mm. it makes you actually want this. And then you get physically sick and it forces you to continue to consume this substance, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, for the rest of your life. You right. know what I mean? Like that's basically what it's, what it's doing to you. Yeah. How are you, how are you prescribing that to people? Like just openly? You know what I mean? And just like saying, oh, you should be take, oh, you have a tooth extracted. You should probably take these like yeah. thousand milligram oxy. Like what? Like, dude, it's just a, I just have like a, like a little bit of a throb in rub my some, jaw. Rub some Neosporin on it. <laughs> like, 
like give I'll me be, a Novocaine or whatever. I'll, I'll be, be good. okay. Yeah, I'll yeah. be good. Stop playing I'm with me. I'm gonna have another Advil. <laughs> right. Thank you. I'll, I'll, that's what I'll have. I'll have an extra Advil. Yeah, I'll have one more. <laughs> Don't get too crazy. Living on the edge. Right. Don't yeah. get too crazy. All right. No, it's true. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that was our drug talk. I don't yeah. think we ever talk substances on this show. Not much. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a it's a scary topic. It is, but I you know I it think shouldn't be, but it is. I just think a lot of people are affected by it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and maybe that's why it's so hard to talk about because, you know, everyone knows someone or is affected. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have very good friends. I even lost a friend recently to a a a, a combination of things, and I'm, you know, I'm not positive, but I am um, under the impression that pain meds had something to do with it, mm-hmm. partially at least. And it's just, it's just sad, you know, you know, people dealing with it. My mom just lost a friend who was dealing with, you know, similar like pain issues mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. broke something at some point and never got away from them. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's just very sad and yeah, people are affected for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe next time we'll be a little bit more educated and maybe have an ex- expert to come help chop us I think up. That's a good idea. Yeah. And, yeah. Cause I, I, anyways, it's a good conversation. I don't know. I was also an addiction, addiction studies major for a little while until I was like, I'm not going to school for the rest of my life. <laughs> You're like, I don't, I, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't want to do this. this. I don't know if I can handle this. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, I do think it's uh, a conversation and, and work that's like so necessary. Um, mm. Yeah. Anyways. So that's that. Oh, that's so sad. All right. We're going to, we're going to, Wipe the tears from my eyes. We're going to take a break. Be right back. Mm -hmm. Thanks for hanging with us on Adventures in Organized Chaos. I'm Terry. (laughs) This is Coco. I'm going to step on all her words. (laughs) It's okay. We're in this together. Solidarity. (laughs) See you next time.